Welcome to another episode of Album for the Day with John E. and Jay. As we try something new today for Album for the Day, we go to the start of a new year and we decided to do our choice cuts from Album for the Day so far. And these are our 31 most enjoyed episodes by us. Doesn't mean it's for you. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoyed them too, but nobody ever asks us, so these are what we enjoyed the most so far with over 200 albums done. And these are the albums that we felt were the most special to us, what we learned the most from, um, and just something we enjoyed uh, talking about the most. So without further ado, here we go. Album for the day. In January the 30th, uh, we revisit one we literally just did moments ago. Love it. Um, the Who by Numbers, another one of our favorite mutual bands. Yep. Um, totally underrated album. I feel like that we we stuck it on the pedestal it deserves. Oh, man. And this album, so good. The band, so good. Uh, everything about this. This was a, a Pete Townsend record and love it. Uh, hope you guys enjoy it too. Album for the day, December the 30th, as we're wrapping up numbers this month. Today we do The Who with The Who by Numbers. And, you know, there used to be a uh, painting thing where you could paint by numbers. I mm. think that's what the, the title is a play on. Uh huh. Especially with the album cover, the whole connect the dots kind yeah. of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Feels good. Album number seven for them. Oh, yeah. Uh, this was released October the 3rd of 75 in the UK on Polydor, October the 25th of 1975 in the US on MCA Records, uh, produced by Glenn Johns, who also did Who's Next. Mm. And if you're not familiar with that one, we haven't done an episode yet, but Ooh. who's next, babe? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, the uh, I feel like by numbers, I, I you know, speaking of who's next, that's that's one of that everybody's going to say is probably their favorite. This might be my favorite Who album. There's um, a lot to love here. I, I and one of the reasons, uh, I mean, I don't want to. I'm certainly not slinging mud at Roger Daltrey. I feel like he is one of the greatest rock and roll singers of all time. Um, but I feel like this is much more of a Pete Townsend record. Well, a lot the, more singing from him, a lot more introspection, a lot more. He just seems more involved in the uh, in the whole thing. It's funny you would bring that up because the song, however much I booze, oh, which yeah. is the second song, yeah, second track. Yeah. Um, so Pete wrote that one, obviously, and um, he claimed that he wrote the song on the night that he gave up drinking. Um, um, Roger Daltrey actually refused to sing the song uh, because allegedly the song was too personal. Hmm. Um, alternatively, people said he didn't want to sing it because he had the drinking, or he wanted everyone to know that Pete had the drinking problem and not, not him. him. <laughs> that seems much more And, and a likely. quote from Pete about his drinking with The Who, which is clearly what the song is about. Yeah. Drinking around The Who is the greatest thing gutter-level life can offer. The bodiness of the humor, the sheer decadence of the amount put away... 
the incredible emotional release of violent outbursts against innocent hotel room sofas, all these count to get a body through a lot of trouble. But at the end of the orgy, the real cancer still lies untackled deep in the heart. That is a quote from a songwriter right there. Yeah, it is. And a good one at that. Yeah. Yeah, the, a lot of this album has to do with him being... I mean, that fits perfectly. I mean, he's the... And this is so funny because he's 30 years old and he's like an... eight. He considered himself an aging rock star. Am I he, still that, relevant? And, and he, he didn't know if he was if he was young enough to play rock and roll anymore. Does he still feel that way 46 years later? Yeah, I know. And contemplating life and all of the things that, you know, need to happen and whatever. And it's like, you know, I, I don't know. The, the amount of booze and whatever that went into their lives early in their career is astonishing. So we're talking about the mid-70s. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say that, you know... The Alcoholica days of Metallica. I'm going to say that a lot of stuff, Van Halen, all of those people, all of their drunken outrages and shenanigans, this is where it started in the mid-70s, man. We're going to tear stuff up. And I would say that all the other bands pale in comparison to what The Who did. Yeah. For sure. Um, But the thing I love about this record as well is like they have these like acoustic riffs and like they had these excellent instrumentations from like banjos and ukuleles and all this. And there's an unsung hero of this album for me, and his name is Nicky Hopkins. He's the guy that plays the keyboards throughout this album, and it it's like the rug in the Big Lebowski. It really ties, it really ties this album together. together, does it not? Does it like it? It's such a backbone for me, and it's always this thing. It's it's sometimes it, you're it's so discreet that you're not even sure that it's really there, and then it's like, oh, what is going on? And boom, it's just like, yeah, and it's it's there. Nicky Hopkins played with the Stones, the Kinks, the Who. I mean, Nicky Hopkins is a beast. Um, he also did some work with Neil Young. Um, but it's a, uh, it's a, this is one of those creations. And yeah, I mean, the more stuff was going down in their lives, like it was, I mean, Pete said, the songs were written by me, stoned out of my brain in my yeah. living room, crying my eyes out. Detached from my own work and from the whole project, I felt empty. Whew. Man, if you felt empty, Woo. imagine you filling that vessel, bro. Yeah. And um, and this is a fantastic record. I don't see the... I mean, I, I guess great art comes from great despair. You know, man, like, it's not... It's not an... You know, an undone thing where somebody doesn't like their stuff, like... Steely Dan was famously critical of pretty much everything, everything. they ever put out yeah. uh, in public and then at home, you know, check their bank balance and feel good <laughs> be, about it. And be fine. Totally fine with that. Um, Oasis, notoriously, the album after What's a Story, Morning Glory, um, that was, they never play any songs off of that album. They never, ever did following that one tour. Any other time they ever played, never. They were like, we just don't really like that period of our lives. And I'm like, 
but yeah. you put it out there for everyone well, else. That's what art is. You know, you have to put it out there because that's who you are. And if you skip that moment of your life as an artist, then you're skipping over, you know, a, a piece of yourself. And you they know? worked really hard on this yeah. is the thing. And I think that shows through. Yeah. It may have been hard and allegedly they actually recorded like every single song Pete brought to the studio yeah, he because was he wasn't block. really feeling yep. the flow. It's like, gotta squeeze one more out, man. He could put it in the squeeze box, huh? Oh, oh. mama's got one of those. <laughs> Daddy never sleeps at night. Um, but he he kind of, uh, Pete, Pete said about when they were recording it, he said, I felt partly responsible because the Who recording schedule had, as usual, dragged on and on, sweeping all individuals and their needs aside. Glenn Johns worked harder on the Who by numbers than I've ever seen him. He had to, not because the tracks were weak or the music poor, but because the group was so useless. <laughs> we played cricket between takes or went to the pub. I personally had never done that before. I felt detached from my own songs from the whole record. Recording the album seemed to take me nowhere. Roger was angry with the world at the time. Keith seemed as impetuous as ever, on the wagon one minute off the next. And John Entwistle was obviously gathering strength throughout the whole period. He is the ox. He is the ox. Yeah. The great thing about it was he seemed to know we were going to need him more than ever before in the coming year. And that's total... I mean, that's easy to say that now. I don't think they thought that at the time. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah the Ox. Ant Whistle. Man, Ant Whistle's song on this album, Success Story, fits so perfectly with everything that Pete Townsend was, is, and what he was going through. It's amazing. And I feel like that, due to that quote, that makes the, that song so much more relevant to me because Absolutely. of this. Yeah, well, that's, that's Pete that's amazing. who, you know, I mean, you can argue back and forth, man. Like, I don't want to get into whether Pete or John is more talented. Pete. It's like... <laughs> <clears throat> I'm just but, kidding. They're both amazing. I mean, they, they far outshine. The man's dead. He can't uh, defend himself. Hey, he would he would say Pete, and Pete would say John. You're you know? right. You are. You know? That nailed it right there. Yeah. That is exactly how that would go yeah. down. Yeah, there's but no that, doubt about it. But that's Pete, who we're all acknowledging is superior as a songwriter and maybe I mean but him giving that compliment yeah. to John Entwistle oh, gosh. in that way and that means so much more and Entwistle let's be clear was the backbone of the Who he was like without Entwistle the Who isn't the Who you guys keep whining and well, crying I guess you could say that about any member though you know without Keith Moon Without Roger Daltrey, yeah, but that's without the thing. Pete Townsend, no, 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 you, you know? nailed it. And this is it, one of the greatest rock bands of all the, time because of the individual pieces that add up to the whole. But the backbone and the glue is Entwistle yeah. because, and here's the thing, here's the thing: Keith's out tearing shit up, <laughs> and Roger's off doing something with his hair, I'm sure, <laughs> and Pete's off writing songs. Meanwhile, John shows up. Like yeah. Entwistle shows Entwistle up to the studio, he's like, like, "I'm here, guys. You ready to crush? Ready to this? go? You ready to crush this? I'm ready. I'm, I'm about to play what? 16 more bass notes than you ever want to hear. So fast, <laughs> it just sounds like one. 
dude, that doesn't even sound like a bass. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, he's like a lead guitar player who put a they put a bass in his hand. See, that's the thing, man. Like when somebody like King Crimson is like, "Now nah, you got some talent, dog." <laughs> that's that's a compliment yeah. right there. They're like, "Oh, yo, chops, man." Yeah. Yeah. Those aren't mutton. Those are woolly mammoth chops. Oh, the old woolly mammoth chops, eh? Mm. Hmm. Well, uh, today's album for the day, uh, December the 30th, uh, is By Numbers by The Who. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at album the number four of the day. Uh, give us a follow, subscribe wherever you listen to us, and feel free to shoot us a request at uh, album the number four of the day at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. Cause she's playing all night, and the music's all right. Mama's got a squeeze box, dad, and never sleeps at night. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. If you're listening on Spotify, after starting the podcast, you can search for the album, use the three dots, and hit Add to Cue. Now the album will start as soon as the episode ends. Woohoo!